Welcome to Nick's Don't Quit Podcast. Yes. I'm your co-host, Chuck Nix, a.k.a. The Bearded Wino. My wife. Is wonderful. My beautiful wife. <laughs> Michelle Nix. The originator, the brand manager, the creator, the starter, the organizer. Yes. The ambassador. The everythings to the Nick's Don't Quit and Zenco brand. And if you ain't got your hand scrub, you need to get on the website and get you some. Your hands will be feeling luxurious for the next four hours of your life, no matter how many times you wash them. You want to get that right. in your life. And look, today we got a friend, a dear friend. Who's family, basically. Who's about family. Man, we got Cantrell is here with us from the Lebanon Leprechauns, but he's been balling for, how long you been playing ball, man? Oh, man. Um, basketball period about ninth or eighth grade. So this is like, because you're a young guy. So that's like 10, 11, 12 years. 11 years. Man, I've been doing it for a minute. It felt like I just started like two, three years ago. But yeah, it's been a minute. You know what? Time flies when you're having fun, man. It, it, I see that now. And look, that speaks to what you're doing. And look, you know, I know we got things we got to talk about. I know we got some 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 questions that you got for us. And we got some stuff that we want to ask you. Um, but there's some things that I just wanted to say point blank and period. And I think it's one of the most important things um, that you're doing that people need to know and hear about, right? So you are a basketball player. You've been playing since middle school. And I think that what you've done is you beat the odds to the tune that most of our young athletic brothers and sisters and nephews and little cousins don't get a chance to hear this rhetoric because every kid that wants to play ball I'm sure just like you, their first dream is I'm going to the NBA, right? So for me, I never – I can't say that I wanted to play NBA. I wanted to play college for sure. Like coming out of high school, I said I want to play college. Never really thought about it because I was like, I know the odds and all that. I didn't really start thinking about pro until I want to say my third – no, my fourth year in college. I was like – it was I was playing against good competition, playing against pros. I didn't even know they were pros. So it was like, you know, I feel like I could do this. I feel like if I actually give it a good push – yeah. I can make something happen. I got to be like 10 toes down. I got to be dedicated and actually make this work. So. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. Well, look, you know, that's wisdom right there, right? Because like, it's, see, from where I am, everybody that wants to play ball when they're young, oh, I'm going to the league. I'm going to play ball. I'm going to play for, you know, whatever pro team. You said you wouldn't even think, you didn't even have pros on your radar until you were like in getting ready for college. Yeah. That's wisdom because in your brain it was about school and just ball first and not necessarily about the institution that you're trying to play for. I think it's really important that a lot of young athletes get a chance to hear this because playing ball is not necessarily or doesn't have to be just your ticket out of a bad situation or out of an, out of an impoverished life. Ball can just be your outlet, your release. You just love to play ball. A lot of people develop a love for ball because they're trying to get out of something. But you just had a love for it because you had a love for it. And that right there is what's amazing because if a lot of cats know that, yeah, I can play ball and I can still make a living and I can still do what I love to do and it's less of a job and more of a passion that's paying me, I think that means something and that would really change the minds of a lot of kids. Think about how many kids get out of high school and feel like they're not going to the college they want to go to and play ball and immediately drop it like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me, I'm done. Or how many kids get into college, play for the school they want to, and they realize, oh, man, I'm not going to make the odds. I'm, I'm not going to beat the odds to get into the league. 
and drop it. And then they end up working at a furniture store, yeah. mad at life, you know, for however long. Right. I don't see that in you. I see you still doing what you want to do. I see you being diligent with it. I see you being disciplined enough to carry it out. I think that's a lesson. And that is an example that so many young brothers need to see that if you stick with it, you can get to where it's going to benefit you. And it's going to be good for you and you can provide for a family and so forth. I'm not putting family on you yet. I know you got, you got, you got a while. Nah, he's still young. About, you know. We're not talking about that. But Big sis ain't letting that happen. <laughs> right, right, right. But you can live a life, a productive life, and a valuable life by doing what you love to do and what you want to do. That's the message that I think that people need to hear. So I am proud of you for that. I'm proud of you as a young dude because you are fulfilling your dream. And you're also fulfilling the dreams of a lot of other young athletes. And you're doing it with class. You're doing it with style. And you're a respectable gentleman. And I am proud of you, and I'm proud to call you family, man. Thank so you. Thank you, thank you for what you do. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, all right, now let's talk about levels of professional, mm-hmm. of professional ball. When we say professional ball, everybody thinks immediately NBA. But professional ball is more than just the NBA. Uh, it's, it's so many levels. I, I, I learn a different level every year. Like with this league, I didn't learn about it until like two years, two years ago, like right before when Corona happened. And yeah. like – one of my friends is like, hey, uh, have you heard of this league? I was like, nah, uh, this is where I played last year. I was like, oh, that's where you went to. He's like, yeah. So I, I gave it a look. I'm seeing, like, the numbers that – how many they produce, not only going overseas, but are put in the NBA. Like, they just had two – one that played in Mississippi State, uh, Craig Swart, that just got a contract with the Wizards. So it's like, you know, it's high level. Even yeah. though you, you look at it and most people don't know – it, because it's not NBA, they think, oh, it's not professional basketball center. No, these are pros. These <laughs> yeah, are, yeah, yeah, they're professional. These guys are coming with it. It's <laughs> yeah. just, it, it may not look it off a quick glance. When you sit down and watch a game, you're looking like, oh, man, like, these are some these are some killers out here on this court. Look, professional is real. Professional is real. Like, look, let's talk about what exactly professional is. Professional is achieving your goals and doing what you do. Can you look up professional? Can we Google the actual definition of professional right now? Yeah. Because professional ball, if you take that definition into what it is, look, there's obviously, you know, you got your big D League, then you have like your, was it D League and G League? -League. That D League turned to G League. Turned to G League now, right? Yeah. And then you have all these other different leagues and institutions. Like, I mean, and I don't know the levels. Like, you know the levels because you're in this game. So, like, with my league, it's, okay, so it's in, in North America, it's, NBA, mm-hmm. the G League, which is affiliate NBA, and then it's us, TBL, the basketball league. So okay. it's like a lot of those guys that either were playing with G League or have G League aspirations are right there, and they just need some good content in North America. They're coming from the G League to play in the TBL. So it's like it's not just like random guys you see on the street, like, oh, I got a game. No, these are guys that they yeah, were just play, playing with the Bulls uh, G League last year. Now they're playing in this league to keep in shape to, yep. you know, actually get some competition. It's, it's good to stay in the States and have competition at the same time. You really don't find that most times when you hear, like, somebody's playing pro ball in yeah. North America, it's, like, semi-pro. Like, yeah. small league, like, guys that you see in rec league, same guys playing. No, these are guys – I got – Three teammates there from California that played D1 UCLA, played mm-hmm. in USC. Then yep. there's me that played in William Carey. So it's yep. like it's it's from different areas, man. So what's your ball? Yeah. It's, it ain't where you it ain't what court you played on. It's how you play when you're on the court. What is professional? It's relating to or belonging to a profession. This is your profession. Yeah. 
And like this is your piggybacking off what you said, like it's it's how you ball is not where you come from. Like I've I've started to learn that because it used to be when I first started this journey, it was like, you know, I automatically hear somebody went to play at state. It's like, oh, automatically, I just went to carry. You know, I didn't feel like I was good enough then playing against us. Like, yo, I'm we human. If we take away the titles, <laughs> it's who has the best talent. Yeah. And it'd be times like, you know, I can cook him. I can beat him. I can yeah. guard him. And it, regardless, now it gives me that confidence of it don't matter where you came. You can come from Duke. You got to show me. At this point, you got to mm-hmm. prove to me you got that scholarship for a reason. Yeah, right. So it's other people that, that played at D1s, played at, uh, you know, high-level schools, and they may have been in a situation we don't know what of, but they went to JUCO. They went to NAIA. They went to D2, but they can still play ball. It's a lot of those guys out there, but it's situation, so you can't just look at what their label says and say, oh, they're this low play. Nah, when they start playing, it shows you, like, oh, this is a whole different cat down there. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's good, that's man. Dope. We're proud of you for that, man. We're proud of you for that, dog. You are, you are definitely putting on for your people back home. So yeah. thank you, thank you. Keep it up, man. What made you, know? you not quit basketball? Um, it was it was a two way. So it's been, of course, it's been many times I thought in my head like maybe I need to put this down. But right. I felt like God definitely put signs in like in my way. It's like, nah, you're not done yet. You're just going about it wrong. So right. It'd be times it'd be like, I'm expecting to make this big jump, but it's levels to it. You got to claw your mm-hmm. way, especially from my situation of starting out playing. It's like, I, I could have ate, I could have easily gave up, but it's like, he gives me opportunity here. gives me opportunity here. All of a sudden the coach is calling me randomly. Like, Hey, do you want to come to the mm-hmm. workout? This guy probably didn't know me from wherever, but just so happens through social media, through yeah. connects, through, um, I can't think of the word. Talking to people. I'm, it's going to network. Networking. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, Networking. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm on this guy's radar. So it's like, I feel like if I was supposed to be done with it, like no opportunity would have came my way. It's right. not, half time is not even me search for opportunity. It's opportunity coming at me. Getting yeah. random inboxes in, on my phone of, hey, uh, we see you play. Would you like to come to work out? Uh, where are you doing these days? Are you still interested in playing on a team? So That's good. I'm glad that you continued. <laughs> yeah, it's good that you kept it up. Look, yeah. those those kind of those kind of those uh those opportunities when they come up. How you feel when you get those kind of things in your inbox? Those emails, messages in your inbox. You're, you're like, like me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like that because it's like you know it almost feels like a Cinderella story because it's like you know you see people that play at big time schools and they of course they're gonna get the opportunities. Me, right. If we be real, I've only had one year on the court, so it's like. Wow. It's technically a one and done. And then it's at a smaller school like William Carey University. So it's like, you know, why me? What mm-hmm. you what did you see in me that you want to come hit me up and play with? Saw you on the court player. Yeah. yeah so they saw you still doing and it. And they saw your dedication because you always post about it and all that kind of stuff on social media. And, uh, you know, I always make fun of you because mm-hmm. that's my job is to keep you humble. But at the same time, because, uh, uh I guess I probably should explain our our relationship before people like be like, what's going on? Uh, Cantrell and I went to work. We started working at House Show together. I think I started before. Yeah, I started before you. And when you got there, I don't know. I felt like it was like instant. And like, because I, I came out, my mindset was, <laughs> I'm just here to make money. I'm not trying to be friends. Here she comes. She's, you know, messing with me. And me, if you know me, if 
you come and you talk smack, I'm talk smack back. That's just my relationship with people. You come and be too nice. I'm kind of iffy. She came around the corner talking smack, so I'm talking smack back. Next thing you know. <laughs> yeah, I think first, yeah. yeah, yeah this, I'm a now, definitely so. met Michelle. So yeah, I was about she to was say, talking drunk, you met Michelle. Yeah, you met who I really am, <laughs> just in general. And I was like, okay, who are you? What's popping? Okay. I knew it was love. It wasn't like, you know, malicious. It was like, nah. you look after me. Yeah. If something happened, like you asked me, are you good? Even when I do something stupid, you're like, Yo, that was something stupid that you did. You yes. fixed that. So I appreciated that that you actually care. You didn't just do like the nice stuff. Like you did the nitty gritty of making sure he's staying in line. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know me before then, but Mm-mm. that's just how our relationship happened. So that was what, like two, three? Ooh. It's been three. Because I started working in October of 18. So it's been three. Going on. Has it been yeah. three years? Nearly four, actually. Yeah, I was about to say it's closer to four huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on it. Yeah, so uh, that's our relationship, and that's why I'm like, yeah, I usually be in his DMs and be like, hey, bro, cut that out. You know, you didn't make that dunk. You know, just messing with him, but like on a level of like, I care about you. I know that this is this might take you somewhere, but I also need you to remain humble in kind of everything that you do. And I know you always used to tell you you send me messages back. You'd be like, you always gonna keep me humble, huh? I'm like, like, yes, forever. Those are also things that like kept me going because it's like no matter, you know, if you playing with your hometown friends, they see you for what you used to be. Mm-hmm. They don't see you who, for who you're going yeah, to be. Yeah. So no matter how many times I step on the court with some of my friends, like they still won't give me shots. Like I, like I get now in a different state. So it's sure. like you know that that keeps me working. Like you know, y'all gonna respect me, right? Y'all gonna respect my game, and that's the same thing with you. You always, no matter how big of a head I might get, you still gonna. Drop me down. It's like, yo, remember where you coming from. Remember you, you, even though you making it, you still got to work. Like you still trying to get a spot. That's what keeps me going. Yes. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I, I, I do that. And it's just, it, it actually comes natural. I just, it <laughs> I would, does. I would say, yeah, you know how to humble people. Don't do it like that. You know how to humble people. Don't do it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> but you didn't say he was wrong. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. So about your new team, I know we talked about it a little bit before. You know, we really got going. But how do you feel about your new team? Are you excited? I know the um, you say you're supposed to be there on the seventh of mm-hmm. February yeah, to start. And so how how is that? Uh, I'm excited. At first, I was anxious because when they gave me the call, they gave me the call in like October, mm-hmm. and. You know, that, that leaves a lot of time for thinking. That leaves a lot of time for, like, me psyching myself out. And You spend a lot of time with family, too, because you went through holiday season. You had yeah. a lot of time for family influence on the decision, too. But, like, I didn't I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them till I didn't tell them till like, the beginning of January. I still haven't told my grandma. I'm, I'm dreading that. Really? First thing she's going to say. You just you told them in the going? beginning of January? Because I knew I already knew how it was gonna be. Because yeah, be like, the decision they, for Because like if what people don't realize is with pro basketball, it's everybody didn't get that first call that first time. As soon as God, like some people claw their way into the league. Some people get that luxury of oh, I've been good all my life. All I just got wait. I got wait for them to call instead of me busting my tail to get to get that level. Map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I make for those people that don't understand. And they hear you say, oh, I'm still playing ball. Man, let the ball go is what they're gonna mm. say. Like, oh, it's yeah. like yo, you don't yeah. see what I'm seeing. You're not going yeah. to these places. You're right. not getting these calls. So you don't. You just see me still in China. Majority of my family probably haven't been to a game since 
You was a kid, yeah. So it's like you don't know. You still see me for the the chunky little kid, yeah, that got tired two times up and down the court. Now I'm dunking the basketball. I'm shooting three, shooting deep. I'm I'm a point guard now. I used to be a big man. That's the crazy part, right? So it's like. You see it for that. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, I can't even pay you no attention anymore. I just got to do my thing and let right. you see the results. And then you believe. So you were from center. To <laughs> point, man. Listen, yes. funny, funny, funny story. Uh, I, I got to drop names. Derek Milton. That was my coach from ninth grade to 10. No, ninth grade to 11th grade. Yeah. Heavy playing the center garden centers really before, but he said the word center. So it's like, I'm six, three. I've been six, three for it. Yeah. Since that time, so it's yeah. like I'm guarding six, 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 seven, six, eight guys yeah. in the post. He's got me doing post drills, knowing I'm not going to get a post touch. But like, yeah, my senior year coach gave me the confidence. You know, you can handle the ball. We're playing five out. It's five guards on the court. There's no big man. You know, run with the ball. He gave me that confidence. Realized I'm a guard. Got to college. Same thing. I was guarding post plays again because I'm I'm a bigger person. I am. I I used to be too. 215, 220. I used to hover around in that range, yeah. right? Yeah, because you love food. Of course, of course. My <laughs> mom didn't raise me off water and love. She raised me off the love and not just go. water. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Down south, you, you know. But you know, I went to when I went to carry, I'm guarding like six eleven guys, sixteen guys. And I'm not it's not that I'm not used to seeing the guy, but I'm like, I'm I'm running down the court. I gotta see you every time down possession instead of just a switch for like one or two possessions. Right. So it's like you're literally looking over me, calling out, <laughs> saying what you want. I'm like, yo, I'm right here. You like, hey, bro. So, <laughs> you were you were really out positioned. You weren't even big time. You weren't even putting in the right space anyway. But it did me it did me a justice, if that makes like. I at first I looked at it, I was like, I'm not gonna be playing this if I try to play somewhere. Why am I doing this? But now I look at it now. Um, the team, the owner of Lebanon, he said one of the things he loved about me is I can guard multiple positions. So I'm thinking in my head, I guess Derek Miller, he. Knew he was doing. Not really, but I got to give him some credit to it. Like, it was times in, like, workouts, I'm switching over to bigs, but I'm like, I've been in these shoes for. I'm not panicking. I know what to do. You're not going to score this bucket easy. So, he was like, you know, you got the agility to guard or ones, two, which are like point guard, shooting guards, mm-hmm. but you have the strength and the IQ to guard uh, threes, fours, and some fives, which are, you know, forwards and centers. Mm-hmm. So, I, back then, I looked at it, of course, like, you know, I don't want to do this. This is not going to help me in the long run, but it actually did because it made me more versatile and more useful on the court. So now you have no reason to say he's a liability. You have to use me on a basketball court. Yep. Mm. So, that's good. Yeah, that's, no, that's dope. That's great. You solidified position right there. Yeah. Yes. You need me. <laughs> so You need me on the team. So shout out to Derek Melton. I ain't like you when you was coaching, but. <laughs> <laughs> And look, and look where it takes us, right? And what are your future goals in basketball? Uh, so, uh, as y'all know, I had knee surgery in 2020. Yeah. So I, that made me realize, you know, this is not going to last forever for me. So you got something in the pocket. Yeah. So I mean, that's why I work on nonstop now. I want to be a skills trainer. I never really had that growing up mm-hmm. as far as somebody to one-on-one work, on, work with me with my game. Right. So I want to be that guy for, you know, the next meet next person that wants to do this but he doesn't have the he or she doesn't have the the resources to get it done mm-hmm. like you know i just want to walk working and be like hey i i see where your flaws are i'm not just gonna say that to him but like i'm gonna let him know hey this is where you need to work at 
this is like what we're going to work on. We're going to gradually go through this. It's not a you thing. It's a we thing. Because yeah. I feel like when you work with somebody with their game, like you grow. If I work with you, Chuck, on your game, mm-hmm. you, you start. You have to put in a lot of work. Yeah. And I have to My get to. not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But, I'm up for it, though. <laughs> but it builds a relationship because now I know. I know why you're not great at this, why you're not great at that. Next thing you know, we're close just because we worked out together. And now you're getting buckets with me. We're getting buckets. Yeah. We're running the court now. Just trying to get buckets, son. So, you know? <laughs> trying to get buckets. Put me in, coach. Exactly. I'm ready to play. Look, we're getting Chuck next contract. I'm, I'm calling him out. We're getting the next contract. It's crazy Ooh. that you say that because that was um, actually the conversation me and my mom had coming back from Alabama. I was just telling her, like, about, you know, you were coming on our podcast and, and uh, I was like, I love the fact that he hasn't stopped. And then I was like, because he can take this skill and make go, go even further. And then when you told me that you were um, planning on doing Skillshare's when we talked the other day, I was like, Oh, okay. Like we, we like we're in tune. Like I see it, you know? And sometimes it's great when you have those people that are around you that might see it more than even your family see it. So I know you always hear those uh, things that say, oh, blood is thicker than water and things like that. But sometimes, sometimes if people know, huh? Yeah, you're, they're your biggest critics. Sometimes they're not the first people like me and you know this. They're, they're not, not the first people who always support us, nope. you know, and <laughs> what we have going on. Um, they usually like to see other people support and then they'll be like, oh, okay. Oh, it must be good because somebody else is saying yeah. that it must be good because they still see you as whatever the last significant age. And I always, you know, make fun of my family. I'm like, y'all always see me as 12 and like yeah. y'all will never see me as, you know, almost 30. Y'all will always see me as a 12 year old. Like, and I don't, and y'all can say what you want, but I'm married. I got children. <laughs> like, calm down. I, you know, and sometimes you just kind of need those people that are in your corner that kind of support you no matter what. And you were like that with me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, it's never an issue for me to be like, you like, hey, sis, I need you to come and come to Lebanon. We gonna, I'm going to play this basketball game at home. I really need y'all support, blah, blah, blah. We're going to figure out a way to come. Yeah, you know what coming. I'm saying? <laughs> we're coming. Hey, how far away is Lebanon from there? Yeah, 10 hours. If y'all make that, y'all make that drive. From Gary, you. Indiana. From Gary, Indiana. Gary. Gary. Uh, I'm not sure. It's good to know that because we got family here. Oh, we do. We're yeah. just gonna stay we got somewhere. Family in Gary, so we might. Yeah. If y'all make that draw, I gotta show up. Coach is going to be mad at me. I'm. I'm, Let's never, do it. I'm shooting everything. Let's I got. Do it. To, I got family here. I gotta Let's show up. Let's out. get to it. All right. What do you think? Can I get some wine going? Yes. Got that. That was the next. Those are your things. All right. Cool. So let's talk about what we're pouring up. I mean, we have the Knicks. Don't quit. I'm a summer beverage professional. It's only right that any table I sit at uh, has something to be poured. So. Uh, what we're going to get into right now, I'm going to talk while I open this thing, right? So, Stephen Miller is the producer. Uh, his wine is actually featured through the Naked Wines portfolio. And for those of you that don't know, Naked Wines is a company that will uh, source producers who may not be uh, selling so much on their own or maybe more so locally. So, Naked Wines gets their wines outside of the average range of the sales of the producer initially. And then those wines go to different places. It gets us down here in the South where we don't have a lot of access. So now we have opportunity to drink some of these wines from these producers uh, that are lesser known than the major brands that are distributed by large companies. So um, distributed by Naked Wines, uh, F. Stephen Miller, 
this is Angel's Reserve. This is a Pinot Noir. Uh, it's a Pinot Noir from Lodi. Now, the interesting part about this is not that it's Pinot Noir, not that it's Stephen Miller, not that it's even from Naked Wine. Those are all great points. But the fact that it's Pinot Noir from Lodi, because Lodi, uh, for those of you winos that know, Lodi is known for Zinfandel. It's also known um, to be a warmer climate area, and Pinot Noir grows most often in cooler climates. I think what's happened here is Stephen Miller, uh, Millier, I'm sorry, Millier, there's an extra I in there. The, uh, the winemakers have figured out a way to find a cooler microclimate, just a smaller space in this overarching warmer climate to be able to grow this Pinot Noir so as not to ruin the integrity of this thin-skinned grape and to uh, make this fantastic wine. So I'll start with a beautiful wife. This is out of the order of some uh, service because no one's sending this wine back. Uh, for I guess, uh, you need that glass closer for his brother. All right. Well, in fact, so I've been recently getting into wine, so Come on. I'm liking this. Come oh on, yeah, this, Come is on, nice. this is a part of the this is a part of the experience. That's what we do, right? So um, you got a thin skin Pinot Noir grown in what would be an overarching warm climate, but you find a cooler microclimate in Lodi to grow uh, this Pinot Noir grape. And for those of you who are watching or listening who can't see, uh, the color is rich. There's mm -hmm. about a medium concentration. It's not as light and thin as maybe a Burgundy or a, a Central Coast um, Pinot Noir. Uh, so we've got some uh, pretty character-driven Pinot Noir. Smells fruity. Doesn't smell over-alcoholic, which is a good sign because that's what I think maybe most of y'all might be expecting. Oh, I bet it's covered in alcohol because it's from Lodi and it's hot. Not so much, even though it sits at about 13.5. So about medium. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of peppery. Tasty. That's what it smells. Boom. Classic for Pinot Noir, right? Yeah. A little peppery, a little savory herbs, some red cherry, and we can enjoy Cheers, my friends. Yeah, cheers. Man. All right, let's keep talking. Now. So we got Cantrell with the Lebanon Leprechauns here, and we're talking about him playing ball with uh, TBL, the basketball league, um, with all sorts of other ballers, and, and he's doing great things, and he's putting on for the town and for the hometown. Now, we also want people to know, because this is one of the first installments of the Knicks Don't Quit podcast, or maybe your first introduction to what we do. Now, my wife and I, a little bit of a background, where uh, some people still call us newlyweds. We've been married uh, five, nearly six years. Uh, we have three children, all girls, and yeah, uh, literally we um, love Jesus, we love each other, and we love wine, and we also love people. Uh, so this is a way for us to connect with the people, uh, and this is just what we do on a regular basis. Me and Michelle, after work or on any given night, we're just sitting here in front of some good food with some wine, and we're just talking. And when our friends come to visit us, this is what we're doing. This is like a regular night anytime that we'd be here, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was about this to say, we're we always do. drinking and <laughs> talking. I think that we realized that we had something to offer to more people, right? If we had a bigger place, we'd probably entertain more. So this is our way of entertaining. Uh, so thank you all for joining uh, our evening of conversation over mm -hmm. a bottle of wine. And tonight, uh, Cantrell is with us. So uh, we're usually talking about what we do in life and love and yeah, relationship and marriage because we're proud of each other and what we commit to God to do is this union called marriage. Uh, and Cantrell, you're much younger mm -hmm. than me. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit younger than Michelle. No, he's a lot younger. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and again, look, we're not pushing family on anybody, but we think that one thing that a lot of younger people don't get 
or don't receive is wisdom from older people that are married to know what marriage is really like or what is it really like in a serious relationship, long distance relationship? Because me and Michelle went through that for a period while we yeah, were dating. Yeah, long distance. Um, so uh, just about relationships. And look, we have a loving marriage. And I'm saying we're successful. And people can say, oh, it's only five to six years. No, we're successful to the eternal state. We're not. This is this is a thing that lasts forever right here. This yes. is a forever love and a forever relationship. So I believe that we've got Holy Spirit wisdom into that. So. Did you have any questions about what things look like oh, for man. you in the future, man? You know, I got I got plenty. You know, Michelle always drops me knowledge uh, on relationships, on love, all of that. Yeah. You know, she's been doing that since we've been working together, since we've been yeah. a lot familiar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the subject of marriage, like you said, young people don't know. And that's I can speak that for myself. Like yeah. I thought about the other day, the idea of forever, like you waking up. Mm-hmm. next to somebody the person that you love and like that's a nice feeling and of course you can think of the highlights in your head but like that filler time like you know the times like how do y'all I, i'll ask it like this during that filler time from now from today mm-hmm. all the way back to when i got married is mm-hmm. every day a highlight or is it times that like you know you go through the motion is it times that mm-hmm. You like, you know, you of course you have disagreements, but sure, sure. like I'm asking a lot of more question, but yeah, how, no, do you, how do you how do you think that you can handle it forever? Um, all right, I can handle forever if you ask me because he's preface. I'm gonna preface this real quick for him. Um, Chuck never saw himself getting married ever. Mm-hmm. Like when we bet, that was like something he made perfectly clear that he never had a desire to get married. Mm-hmm. Now, though. <laughs> right. No, I never had a desire to get married, but um, I think that's part of the interesting dynamic. I think that once I was inspired, motivated, once I had the will to marry Michelle, once I had the desire to, um, I made it up in my mind. I think that there's a certain point you just have to make it up in your mind. One thing that my father-in-law told me when I went to talk to him to tell him that I wanted to marry his daughter. The the one thing that he told me, he said that, you know, a lot of young people want to get married and they see all the The rainbows, the Mm -hmm. fairy tale and this, that, and other. He said, it's not that. This is not what marriage is. There are some happy moments, but those are happy moments. He said, we're talking about a lifetime. Even if you watch a movie, that movie is max most of the time, two hours. In a day, that's two hours. That's still a very small percentage of the day. He's like, and that's a movie. He's like, these happy times are moments in a lifetime. You have to understand that marriage is not all about the fairy tale. It's about the work and it's about all the other things in between to create those fairy tale moments. Um, For me, it was if I tell myself that I'm so in love with her that I don't want to ever be without her. And I want to spend the rest of my life with her. I want to go through life and know that this is the person that I wake up with. I've got to be willing to accept all that's coming down the road. I've got to, right. I've got to know that it's not always going to be good. And with that being said, you have to make up your mind with that in mind so that you don't get um, blindsided. You don't get shocked into it. I think a lot of folks believe that I love you so much that this is going to be a fairy tale for the rest of our lives, which is just not realistic. And then the moment it's not, they have to, people start reconsidering. I never reconsider it. I never, ever fathom the idea of us not doing this. 
Um, are there challenging times? Absolutely. Um, but for the most part, the every day happens because every day I decide every day there's a new decision being made. It's the same decision, but it's another decision. I'm deciding that I'm doing this. I love her. I love the Lord. I'm fulfilling my commitment. It's just like with our faith, right? Every day you wake up and you're brand new in the Lord. I feel like you surrender newly every day. Every day I wake up, God, thank you for making me who I am and starting me on another day, restoring my soul to be able to give you praise and honor first, right? Start with God first, then it's love and family. It's making that decision in your head and saying you're going to do it and you can't change the decision. Right. This is like that little button that you press when you're like deleting your Facebook <laughs> or, your, or your Instagram profile. Once you do this, you cannot go back. You press that button. That's it. You press that button every day. You can't go back. You're in it. You're done. You make the decision. That's how. That's how. And then once you do that, you don't even think about an opportunity. With, you don't even think about a possibility that there's not this. It's just not there. There's no there's no world that I there's no life I get to live at this point without Michelle. There's just not another life for me. And I made that decision. I'm so happy with it. <laughs> so happy with it. I've lived a life without her. It's not it's not always fun. I mean, there were some okay moments, but nothing compares to the happy ones with her. So you make the decision and just stick with it. That's it. So I'm gonna ask for both of y'all. When did you know? She was the one for you, and when did you know that he was the one for you? Oh, she bailed me out of jail. That's the short part of it, but go ahead. Oh my go gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry, parents, if y'all hearing this. I did not tell y'all. I screamed, y'all gotta tell me the story behind that. I need oh I need, my god. I need the details. Okay. Go um I'll I'll tell you mine. Um <laughs> I don't know because we were friends first and I always recommend being friends and like, not like, and yeah, it's cool if you're friends with benefits, whatever, but being friends mm -hmm. because you care, like you need to care about that person outside of the physical attraction. Intimidate all the time. And you, I was about to say, you need to, you need to, you know, and the, the biggest reason why I say you need to care about somebody outside of the physical is because if I care about him and think about if it was your best friend, you would never purposely hurt your best friend. Mm -hmm. You would never purposely hurt your best friend. So you would think about what you say before you say it. You mm -hmm. would think about what you're going to do to them before you do it. Mm -hmm. So that's how you have to treat your marriage is like, you have to, this is my best friend. Yeah. So if there's ever a situation where I'm like, mm, I'm upset right now. Chuck knows I have this thing that if I'm upset, I have to say it in the moment. And I try to, ref I, and I preface it always because I'm like, I, I don't want you to hear me in anger. I want you to hear me as, as your wife, like as your friend, like I genuinely want you to hear me outside of what might come after this. It's not meant to disrespect, but it's, it might come off that way because sometimes when you feel things in the moment and so sometimes you might have to preface your conversations a little bit differently but for me and him i care about him so much as a person that i would never want to do anything to hurt him so if there's ever any like anything you know people people have thoughts everybody like even though you're married my dad and my mom have always told me this you're not blind you are not blind. You will always see somebody that's going to be more attractive, more this, more that, whatever. You're in the but, right front of me. You know this. 
you know how I feel about Drake. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> well, look, you know, that man's voice ain't even developed. Uh, calm down. <laughs> let's, voice ain't developed. let's not go there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be petty. But because he's my best friend, I never want to hurt him, and I never want him to, and and vice versa. I know he never wants to hurt me. So we always think about what we say before we say it, and what we do before we do it. And that's kind of like how I knew he was the one was when I was comfortable enough to be like, I like him outside of, it was when we was planning, we were, we had planned a business that prior. Was that was the moment. The we moment. was planning in your, in your apartment. Yeah. Um, and we were like, and we wrote a contract out and everything. And I still have the contract. Yeah. Um, but it, we just talked about regardless of if our relationship is, we always found, we always knew that we would want to be in business together. Yeah. And so when that happened, it was just kind of, it was like, this is easy. It was, there was like no part of it. Even when he lived in Memphis, it wasn't hard. Missing him was hard, but like, this was not hard. Because even if he's like, oh, we didn't talk in two or three days. It's like, because he worked several jobs at that time. Even if we didn't talk in a few days, it'd be like, when we got back together talking, it was like nothing stopped you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so for us that's what i think that's what made me that's when i knew was when it was easy during that and you can go ahead and tell your story honey yeah no i mean i joke not bailing you out of jail i joke about that that's not really the moment but i will say this there's a moment um what people some people know right some people in the inner circle know me and michelle spent a period of time where we were going long distance um, I lived in Mississippi and I moved back to Memphis um, because I didn't want to be in Mississippi anymore. And I wanted her to be there with me. And she said that she was not going to move to another city or state for a boyfriend. And I said, well, let's get married. But what led up to that was when I moved back to Memphis, we were doing long distance and we had a very unfortunate break most likely it was all on me because I was in a different place and I was back home and being influenced otherwise um, with nightlife and so forth. Um, And I realized that where I was by myself, even though we were kind of long distance, like we were long distance, definite. And then it like dwindled down to where we kind of see each other. We're kind of involved, but not really. And then it was like, are we really doing this in that moment where are we really doing this? I realized that I didn't want to be doing this without her. I didn't want to do this by myself and I wanted it to be her that I was doing it with. And I think in that moment when she asked me or when she told me that she wasn't going to move for a boyfriend, because remember, I didn't want to be married. I didn't think uh, I didn't think marriage is part of my line, my, my history. Line. I was like, I'm not going to be married. But when she said not not moving for a boyfriend, I knew whether she was my girlfriend or my wife, I didn't want to be without her. So that's when I knew I was like, well, this is where it goes. <laughs> this is where we are. You're good. You're and that's what me and my making decisions. Like, I'm making decisions right now. Yep. I want to be married. I want to be married to her. And that's all there is to it. There was nothing else after that. That was it. And there we are. That's when I knew. But I just knew I knew what I wanted at that moment. I knew. I don't know. If That's what more. also led up to him being in jail too. Yeah. The break. Yeah. Led oh, to the him break being. Was him in jail? 
no, 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 not entirely. It led that way. And man, I was, I was back home in Memphis. I was living a different life, and I was falling back into the old life that I lived before I moved to Mississippi. And you know, fell into that life and everything that came with it, <laughs> including county jail. One fun. Mm-mm. And then he called me. He was but like, "But I'll say this though, man. Knowing that when I was in, so that was probably the longest run that I was there. Yeah. But even at that, that was probably the easiest run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knowing that you were on the outside. Yeah. Because I came to visit you. Yeah, you came to see me, and I said we like prayed on a little video phone call booth, whatever. All this junk. It was, you know, my boys on the outside looking out for you while you was in Memphis. And mm-hmm. It was a. Uh, I'm not gonna say it was a fun time, but. No, but it would be in a movie if somebody was like, I'm going to write a movie about your life. That part yeah. would be in there. That was the easiest run for me being in there. Because it was like, in, like, if it was any other time by yourself, it been tough. But like, at least you know, oh, I got somebody. I'm yeah, I drove, I drove three cool. hours to Memphis and bailed him out of jail. Without me calling you, like, I didn't call you for that. Because, so, details to it. We were, remember, we were... Definitely together, but long distance. Communication got less. Communication got even more less. Then I ended up in jail. Well, what I knew was, I when you, so if you've ever been in jail, the first thing you want to do is you want to call the people that love you and you want to reach out to them. You want to say, hey, I'm good. You want to let them know. Yeah, but you didn't even call your mom. Yeah, there's people that you want to call, let them know immediately that you're good. I didn't want my mom to even know that I was there. Yeah. I didn't really want her to know what was going on. Yeah, so on. sorry. That's sorry, the, mom. That's the last option. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got, I didn't want her really? To know. If I'm, listen, Is that last if I'm, option? I'm going through all the steps of trying to figure out how I'm going to get myself out of this while yeah. her knowing. I'll tell yeah. her later on. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I don't know if I've told her. You got to weigh it out. <laughs> it's not important. You get out, you weigh it out. Do you get out and you deal with repercussions of hurt or do you try to find a way on yeah, your own? Yeah, you figure it out on your own. She ain't gotta know. Is that so, a man thing? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. No, that's just a fair mother. No, because my first call would be my parents. Yeah, not me. Must be nice. <coughs> yeah. You know, that's what he thinks of me. Yeah. Nah, I was like, nah, I, I love you, mama, but. Mm. And yeah, I just called the people that I knew need to be in my corner and needed to know for sure what's going on. Because I knew those were going to be the people. Like, if something, anything bad happened to me, I knew that these would be the people that people would call first. You know, I knew that they would call Michelle first. They'd call my boys back home first, right, to say, what's going on with Chuck? We know you talk to him the most. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call those people first and let them know, hey, I'm good or I'm not good or what's up. So they're the most informed. So I was really just calling to inform her. Mm-hmm. So she would be blindsided in case she was trying to reach out to me and couldn't get in touch with me. Hey, this is what's going on. Yeah, because how many days were you in there before you called? Before uh, uh, I was in call? there for a couple of days. I, I think it was me. like two or three days before you before called I me. Called uh-huh. um, so you know you're in there for a while, and you. you, you know, but you would have been in there longer if uh, you didn't get bailed out. Because remember, they were talking about processing y'all and, t- and taking y'all somewhere else. They were talking about taking y'all somewhere yeah. else. No, I was gonna stay there. I don't think I was gonna get transported, but I would have gotten out on arraignment. I think. Sure, but <laughs> I think I was going to get on an arraignment um, if I didn't have to face the other charges. So, yeah. And I didn't, by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So that's how that worked out. That was a crazy. 
it was a crazy few days. And then you came back with me after I bailed you out. I think you came back with me and for like immediately, like the day. It was like hot shower, change clothes, get out of Memphis. Yeah, he got out of Memphis like, <laughs> like immediately. And hours. I think when we stopped, when we got back to Jackson, we stopped at Majestic Burger. We ate, had some wine or whatever that we were drinking. Born in Memphis. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then we stayed at. Uh, well, it was our place before you moved back to Memphis. So, our place. Yeah, our place in Mississippi. Uh huh. Before you moved back to Memphis. So. Like, that's how t- I still had a place here with her, yeah. but I was just in Memphis. Yeah, his name was on the lease. <laughs> yeah, I just had a place in. Um, yeah, I had a place in Memphis. So yeah, that's when I knew. <laughs> she said, "I'm not moving for a boyfriend." <laughs> so like within nightlife, I I I was playing it. You know, I told you I was playing in Memphis. I was playing for the uh the Memphis Lions semi pro team. Yes. Like, no. Nah, yeah, yeah. I know the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what what uh what would you say the culture? Because I can kind of tell the difference, but at the same time, it still gives me that Jackson vibe. If you know, like, what yeah. what would you say is the main difference? Is that like what's easy? I ain't gonna say easier. What's what makes it different? that you want to move out of Memphis besides like what? No, move out of Mississippi, you mean? To to go to Memphis or move back? I say both. I say both. I didn't want to leave Memphis. He didn't either way. I didn't want to leave Memphis. We got married and went and moved back to Memphis. I didn't want to leave Memphis. I liked Memphis. Yeah. Two weeks after. Yeah. Two weeks after we got married, we moved to Memphis. I liked Memphis. Um, because it was home. The thing about Memphis is, um, I feel like I should answer this question for you. But I mean, you can you can answer it your way too. I think we're really talking about the same thing. Memphis was just tied to an old life. Okay. It was just tied to an old life, and I mean, where we were going was somewhere different and somewhere bigger and better. And I also believe that God had bigger and better for me than what Memphis had to offer. And I wasn't going to. God knew that I was not going to let myself uh, move away from the temptations and the distractions that Memphis had for me. Sure, he could have saw me through it, but I think what he knew was for better support of my wife, um, for better family development, it was Mississippi for us and not Memphis. So I didn't want to leave Memphis. As far as like nightlife, social life, Memphis wins hands down. Oh, my gosh, because everything stays open. No, let's just be clear, though. If we talk about Jackson to Memphis. Jackson doesn't have, if you ask me, they've got about 40% of what Memphis has to offer in nightlife. Not that much? Not knocking Jackson, but it's... Well, when I was younger, it was different. There was more places when I was younger. So, like, even... like always something happening in Memphis. There was always something. So, that's what I'm saying. My nightlife here, that's why when we got together and we were hanging out and we were, you know, hanging out here... It was never a problem, but we when we went back to Memphis, it seemed to me it seemed about the same. Yeah. Also, remember the only thing that was different is you knew more hospitality people, so you were able to come into places that were probably closed. Yeah, but then also remember when you got to Memphis two weeks after we got married, what happened? We didn't know though until September. So let's just say two months after we got married. You were pregnant, so there wasn't a whole lot of nightlife for you hey, to bro, experience anyway. But all that stuff was planned. It's hundred percent my business. <laughs> but all that stuff was planned, right? But what so was the, planned? All the the nightlife, the things that we were going to do. That, yeah, we. I had. You did have a lot of stuff planned. I for had us. stuff 
homie, when she was coming to Memphis, I had like a year's worth of activity planned to show her this is why it's better here than there. Dude, I had us ready to go to like theater shows, comedy shows, uh, wine tastings, barbecue festivals, music We festivals. did do some of that stuff. We got a chance to do some of it, but she got pregnant, and most of those things involved alcohol drinking. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, it was like, so it was like, yeah. uh, maybe all these things, some of these things are in a lot more like late nights, like, uh, maybe this isn't the way to go in Memphis with a pregnant wife to just be out all times of night. Um, so, you know, it changed up our dynamic a little bit, but it moved us right into family life, which is clearly what God had for us. Clearly. Yeah, because you know, I've always wanted a family. Yeah, I just want to party. I know. Because we like to party. Hey. hey. So, I see I see what y'all, y'all are open with y'all's communication. Y'all are like, it's no, I see it's no hesitation. Y'all can talk to each other about stuff. Yeah. And it's actual conversation is not one person talk to the other or is one person shutting down. How do y'all, how did y'all establish that? Did y'all, did y'all establish that or did it come naturally? It was natural. When you have two people who are it loquacious. Work to it yeah, there is work because sometimes like there are, like we still, we still run into walls with certain, certain topics mm-hmm. because, but we're growing like, and for us, when we first got together, our conversations flow smoothly because we started, we were working together first. Like he was my boss and I was a server. Didn't feel like that. We were really just homies. Yeah. It felt like we were more homies than anything. Like uh, we had a mutual friend and that's what led us to hang out in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, through that, like we, our conversation was always natural whenever we got together. And then like, even at work, even if he needed to ask me to do something or whatever it was, or if I needed to tell him about something that was going on, it was always supernatural. So like we just took that after work, you know, and the conversation continued to flow afterwards, but we are both very talkative people. Like we can have someone here for hours. <laughs> we could, we won't keep you. We know you gotta get to the gym, but um, no, it, it does. Well, what I meant was that it takes work. Um, about communicating and just having conversation is um, you have to listen. One thing that I was not very good at, I know I wasn't very good at a while ago and before you, and I think I started getting better at before you, but was listening to people in conversation. I would have a conversation. And for me, a conversation was you talk. Okay. It's my turn to talk about me. Oh, you talk. Okay. What did you just say? Let me relate that back to me. Like that was my mode of conversation before. It was a pretty selfish way of having a conversation. Um, now the natural part was I was less inclined to just make it all about me in our conversation because I was genuinely interested in what she had to say and about her. So I really learned how to have deeper conversation from people also telling me, bro, this ain't all about you, right? Like my friends, but then also listening and talking to her, I was really interested in what she had to say. So it changed my way of having um, talks with her is by listening because I was interested. Um, but the work it takes is we have to listen to each other. Yes, we both can talk, but we have to stop and listen. And, you know, sometimes I have to consciously say to myself while she's talking, keep listening. Just because I sometimes feel like I got the point in the first few lines of what she's saying. 
but you didn't because I always well, have to cut you off and tell well, you. Well, there's layers to it, right? You know, I, I get the idea. You be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, so what was I going to say? And then you'd be like, no, nah, finish your point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, so there's work to it. But it is natural because it gave me interested. So I'll piggyback a little bit off of that. We'll dig into that. So you said, like, learn how to listen. How did you consciously do that? Like how, like what steps you went through to get to the point you are now that you know how to listen? Uh, stop talking. And that was it. It just stop talking and literally listen and take yourself out of the equation. Okay. I think that was what it was. Um, again, I, like I said, I used to listen to people have a have a say things in a conversation, and I would try to relate what they said back to me or my own experience. And then the next thing I would say would not relate to them or what they were saying, but it would all relate to me. And it's almost like you keep talking about yourself. Right. Um, and I didn't want to be that person. You know, if I listened to it, I, I would have never wanted to be that person. So I had to take it and listen to what she's saying. Take me out of the equation. She's talking about something that's relating to her. Then talk to her about what she's saying about her. That was one thing that I valued if people were listening to me. If I had friends that really just listened to me and talked to me, and I'd say sometimes, man, you're a really good listener, man. I appreciate you talking to me. I love talking to you. And, you know, they say things like, well, you have a lot to say. I would hear that sometimes, right? You have a lot to say. And I would be thinking, well, it doesn't feel like a compliment. Yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't. You know, they were just basically saying, well, you're always talking about you, so it's all about you. But you've gotten better. And if they can be tolerant to it, then I can too. Right. Okay, so with the distance, obviously I travel playing basketball, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, one of the things I thought about is if I get in a relationship, yeah. and how, like, how did y'all, how did y'all come up with the understanding of yeah, we're distance away, but we can make this work. We like, how did y'all make that work? Because I was about to say you don't need the answer. This is all me. Uh, schedule schedule everything like if you're like hey i want to go see and such and such oh my birthday is around this time valentine's day everything go ahead and make you a schedule like as much as your basketball schedule is planned go ahead and plan that time for the person that you're with because that's just as important i'm big on balance especially you know as i've you know become a mother and a and a wife like it's key to balance things um so balance that time basketball yes is very important and i understand that but at the same time so is getting to like know yourself finding the person that you want to be with finding you know it's that's important too so if you truly care about somebody and you say hey i'm gonna make the effort make the effort and be like Okay, I'm playing this. I'm playing this. Hey, you can plan whatever you want to plan. We'll just put it on a calendar. And like now we have a family calendar. It's just really me and him on it. But it's just stuff that I know that we have planned that just needs to go go ahead and go on the calendar. So we just scheduling and communication. Like if you are not communicating they can't even even if it's like oh, i don't want to call it because i'm having a bad day it still needs to be a conversation even if it's a trivial thing like hey something happened really bad at work somebody called me this somebody called me that whatever whatever like 
that still needs to be a conversation because you can't expect somebody to read your mind. You can't expect somebody to be like, oh man, like maybe he's had a hard day because especially as a woman and then Chuck knows I'm an overthinker. If you don't tell me what's wrong, my mind will tell me and then it'll tell me 50,000 things that are wrong with you. And then I'll come up with why you're the way you are and during this particular time. And then I'll be like, well, maybe da, 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 da. But it was weird. Even when we experienced long distance, I already knew what you were doing. It was weird. That part was weird that I already knew what he was doing. So I would send him messages be like, hey, bruh, watch yourself tonight while you're going out do, doing da, 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 da. You know, I'm still praying for you because you need to be covered because I know you're probably out here wilding. You know, and what I said earlier, like even about the small things, even that, that may seem trivial, it's because they give context to the big things. They give context to the emotions that you might be feeling that you might be going through. Is like if it, if I talk to you three days in a row about you know this person at the grocery store who you know never looks up when they check me out and it makes me just wonder what's going on with them and now I start to think that maybe they just don't want to look up at me blah 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 and then in that same grocery store one day something big happens it would give context to maybe why you had that reaction because this person you know and maybe you feel a certain way or whatever the case is, the little things give context to the big things. So it's important to have that communication because then they get to really understand your feelings into certain things. So the communication is big. Even when we went through it this past year in Greenwood, mm-hmm. it was important that I called in the morning when I left, some point during the day and when I was coming home because I was, at this point I was gone. Five days, days a week. At, yeah, mm-hmm. days at a time. Well, six days at first and yeah. then it went to five days. Days at a time. And you know she needed to know you know, how am I doing? How am I faring? What's going on? I also need to know what's going on in my house. What's going on with my wife and my daughter? How are y'all doing? What's going on? Um, so the communication part is key. And the best advice I get for long distance relationships is use the phone. Use it, use it, use it. Don't be shy about FaceTimes. Use it. Text message if you feel like you can't be a long phone call. But all communication, voice calls, like the voice. All memos. communication is good communication because that other person on the other end feels like DM, they're involved. Because I know sometimes people be on yeah. Instagram or TikTok yeah. or Don't Facebook, whatever. Any forms of communication. Wherever you at, just hit hit a hit the person that you went up. Because I think we, I think we use all of those things. Yeah, and look, this is coming from us as married people, right? It's expected that we have that level of communication. For you, somebody who's going to be dating, it may seem um, excessive to call and, and communicate as much um, if you're dating. I would just say this. Make sure that you're available for the communication. Well, a call back is valuable, <laughs> you know, when you're dating. Um, when we're together, we're not expected to always have to call back. It's appreciated if I miss a call, but it's we're expected to answer the phone, you know, all, a lot of times or the call back to come back sooner than later. With you dating and you're a ball player, and whatever the profession is of the other young lady, man, it might not even be that important if it's a call right now. It could be a text message that gets answered a few hours later, and it's okay. You know, um, so, but seriously, use the phone. If you're looking at a quality, long-distance relationship, the communication has to be there, has to be there, because what's the point? I mean, y'all don't have each other to physically be in touch with each other. What else is there if you're not communicating? There you go. 
What else is there? There you go. Just a thought, an idea, a status on Facebook. <laughs> what else is there? Yeah. I mean, she would be really happy to say, yeah, I'm dating a ball player. It's cool. But eventually it's going to be like, yeah, well. Where I is he? Why don't we we'll never see this dude? Why don't we never hear from him? Why don't we never catch you on FaceTime? <laughs> the conversation has been there. So what do you, what's your advice as far as like that balance of like with your career and with your relationship? Because with, with me personally, it was, I can never find a balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, I'm not going to try to get uh, personal with it, but it mm-hmm. was either I was so <clears> engulfed <throat> in trying to make it. And then it'd be other times like I was so engulfed in that person. Like I totally negated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and you know, I had issues with that. I know. And it was times like I, I had, I'm not going to say who I said. It's okay. If you it was I between me forming a family with them. I know. And foolishness. That's why I would definitely pick the family. And yes, foolishness. It like now I realize they, if it was really for me, they would have told me you can do both. Boom. So, That's why I kept telling you it was a problem for me. Look, it's, it's a story <laughs> for later because somebody came back and told me that, uh, said both. Again, I can't mention names right now. But yeah, I'm, don't don't yeah, mention no names. But they, I know me and you have had those conversations, yeah, so and I was like, "We well, not playing basketball. What's going on?" I ain't. Da, da, da. Yeah. So, but what what's what's y'all's advice on that? And also, a little side note on that: like, do y'all ever have times like you know, not just with that person, but do y'all ever feel like y'all don't want to be bothered? Like you just want your time. So, how do you handle that? Say it. Communicate it. <laughs> Say it. All right. So uh, I think really the same answer goes for both of those questions. Um, set guidelines, you know, uh, just like make make it very, very clear what you expect and what you want. Hey, look, we're, we're about to enter into this thing, this relationship. We're together. Awesome. Let's talk about what my priorities are. Yeah. Y'all need to have goals. My, priority, my priorities are A, B, C. Give them the number in the priority, like where they fit in the line of priority. And always remember that if they come behind your career, just let them know, look, this relationship is behind my career. Not necessarily you as a human, as a person, you are absolutely valued way more than the sport. But this is my main but this focus. this is my profession. And my profession is of higher precedence than a relationship. You are a value, and the relationship is as well, but the profession comes before the relationship. They're both still there. And people need they're, to realize that. Before you get married, that is, that, is the, that is the order. Before you get married. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get married, that is the order. <laughs> profession, then relationship. Um, but, yeah, you, you definitely have to – you got to be clear with it, of what's gonna, what it's going to – what it needs to be. That way they don't ever have the question of like, oh, man, why is he treating me like this? Or why, how come I'm not this, that, and other? And then when those situations come up and it's like it's feeling like an argument or a hard discussion, then you have to say, well, okay, let's remember this. Remember, I've always said that it was ABC, one, two, three. This is what I always said it was. I'm not, you know, it's not what you think. I'm not taking you out of the equation, but this is where the importance lies. I think that you set that up and keep and stick with it, then it matters. And yeah, when you want to be alone and want that you time, you have to say, I need this, I need this time for me. Look, this don't take this the wrong way. But as soon as I come home from practice or from a game, 
this is what I need to do, or this is where it needs to be. Or, you know what? We've been kicking it hard for, you know, three weeks every day I've seen you. And not for nothing, this is where we are in our relationship. But remember, the profession is first. I've been in practice every day for three weeks, but that's supposed to be the case. I don't have any time to work it out, you know, in my mind and in my body and come down from that practice because then I have to immediately jump into this with you. And not that this is daunting, but after so long, it becomes that. So let's get to a place first to where this isn't so much. I think the communication is there. And if you keep up that communication, it shouldn't be a problem. If she doesn't understand that communication, then, then she ain't it. Right. And you have to, and you have and to be she honest. Ain't it right now. And that's the thing. People change. And somebody can be not it right now, mm-hmm. but they may be it later. Maybe they won't be around when they are it because there may be somebody else that's it for in. But I think that being clear with what you want is set that guideline up front. These are the priorities. This is what matters. This is what counts. That way it can never, man. I had a manager say to put everything on paper. Yeah. But see, we, um, and even to just add on to what he's saying, we have goals in our marriage. Like, and I think there's nothing wrong. I have a blog about it about setting like you need to write out your goals in your marriage because what are you what are you what are you reaching for if you know like if you meet somebody be like hey my desire is eventually to have to get married and have children there needs to be a conversation like people be like oh wait to the fifth date no immediately so they know what's up so the in their minds they're not like oh he said he don't want to get married right now like this is not something that's on his mind right now he's not talking about getting married till he's 30. Okay, I'm this age. I, I I don't I don't know if I can wait that long. If I can, maybe I'll come back to this situation. But if I can't, then that way you know in advance. Yeah. I'm quick on letting people know up front. That helped us in our relationship, the fact that I knew that he did not want to get married. So I was like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. He can be my best friend. We can do what we're doing. We can hang out, da, da, da. And this, I know that this is not going anywhere. So I can still be dating and things like that but I wasn't but I could have uh (laughs) but for for like for us the communication there is that is important hey sometimes when I come home I just want to sit in the car or like sometimes when I go to the grocery store I don't always immediately go in the grocery store sometimes I'm out in the car for 20 minutes listening to my music by myself without having to listen to a Disney anything or any jazz because jazz is garbage. Um, Watch your mouth, young lady. And that's just how I feel. I want to be able to listen to the music that I want to listen to or be in my own space. So sometimes I take that time before I go to the grocery store, especially if I'm going by myself. And then same thing with Chuck. I know sometimes he wants to, so he'll, he might sit outside in the car before he comes in you know, watch some Instagram, whatever he's doing outside. And then sometimes he'll even just come in and, and we just, we just actually got through talking about that. We need signals or like shoot each other a text message. be like, Hey, it's a chill when you come in. Cause sometimes he thinks when I'm up cleaning that he has to be up cleaning too. And I mean, he want to help you clean. It's like, Oh, she's up cleaning. And so I'll be I'm telling you, okay, so she's up cleaning, shit. but that's sometimes Charlotte had just went to sleep. Yeah. She could have just went to sleep, you know? So sometimes it's that. 
And that's why we have to, you know, so now we're working on how to be like, hey, Charlotte is sleep. Uh, you can go ahead and come in. I'm chilling. We just we finna watch whatever in silence, you know, kind of thing. Or if it's a situation where he's like, hey, I want to come home and I just want to go in the bathroom and I want you not to follow me <laughs> and ask me, are you okay? <laughs> then he, you know, because I, I'm, I don't know. I'm concerned. I have, I don't think it's a problem, but I am concerned. I always want to make sure he's straight. I want to make sure he's good. So I will, if he comes home and we kiss or whatever, and then he'll go to the back and he'll be back there. It'd be like 30 minutes. I'd be like, hey, bro, you good? Yeah. All right. Okay. I love you. And then I'll come back out here, you know, and that's just how it's been. Um, And then sometimes he'll come to the back and I'm in the tub and I'm just, in there and i've been in there for an hour i might be asleep because chuck knows uh i have zero problems falling asleep in the tub i think that's probably the best place for me to fall asleep and he knows if he come in there and he's like oh you chilling cool and he'll come back out here he'll either deal with charlotte if she's up and if she's not he'll just come out here and do whatever he's doing so you just you have to say it and I think if you don't feel comfortable enough to say it, that might be a telling sign. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's a thing. Now that's a now that's a word. If you're not comfortable enough to communicate, that's a problem. If we're not comfortable enough to communicate. Cheers to that. So that's a that's a major key. Yeah, that's a major key. Oh yeah. So the intimacy. Yeah. How does it, how is it like, are y'all lovey-dovey all the time? Are y'all, I know you said like y'all have y'all's time apart, but like when y'all are together, is it like a mutual understanding? Like some, like for me personally, mm-hmm. I enjoy my person just being in the vicinity. I might mess with them. I might poke them in the ear. That sounds like Chuck. Like, He's probably like cool with me being in the vicinity. Um, I'm more affectionate than he is, but you wouldn't know that. I'm not publicly affectionate. Yeah, and he's not like the hold your hand type of person. Like at all. And see, like I have my moments. Me personally, I have my moments to where, yeah, I want to hold hands. Yeah, I want to hug on you and stuff like that. But like it'll be times like I've I've had many a times being yelled at in the car because I'm not saying anything. I'm not listening to music. And I'll say you can get on the oxy if you want to. And I'll just be driving. That's just me, though. It'd be times like I'll just be. In his own driving, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm a stack. I'm just there, but yeah. I enjoy you being the there. Yeah. Even we just sit in the bed. Yep. When you leave or sit in another, are you in another room? I'm probably gonna follow you. Yeah. I just enjoy you being yeah. there. So yeah, that's how it was when I was in Greenwood. Sometimes I would want us to be on the phone. Her biz being on the phone, whether we were talking or not. Yes, because sometimes we weren't always talking. It was almost like I felt like she was just there. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel more comfortable, right? Just knowing that she's, I can look at the phone, all right, speaker, she's still there. All right, cool. You know, and she's that we ain't even saying nothing. She's doing shit with Charlotte. I'm doing stuff at the shop, whatever we're doing. And just that presence was there. Road trips, another thing, right? Oh, yeah. Road we trips are road different. Trips. And that's actually too. this podcast came out of like the original, is because road trips. We always had the best conversations on road trips, even when Charlotte was before Charlotte was born, and even 
now. Like we still have great conversations because Charlotte ends up getting on her tablet and she's <clears> zoned <throat> out doing that or she's sleep, you know, or sometimes she'll interject into our conversation. But for the most part, me and Chuck have the best conversations while we're on the road. And that's what kind of made came this. We were like, man, we should record these sometime. And then we started a podcast instead. But um, our dynamic is a little bit different because he's like that, just wants me in the vicinity. I want to be in his skin. Yeah. And <laughs> he'd be like, you know, like, and then sometimes it's like, I want you to touch me more. But that's my, like, that's my love language. I want him to touch me, but I'm different. Like as far as what I do for him, like I Chuck knows I probably have a problem. I'm a gift giver and not like a regular gift giver. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you want me to not No, This is stuff that actually lasts long that are really good quality You're things. A gift giver. And I, and I think I've been that way since our very first Christmas. And that's just, you know, everybody's love language is different. So when you find your that person, just make sure that you remember to love them in their love language and they need to remember to love you in yours. So there are more times like now where he'll be more physical with his with his love versus just like verbal because he's more verbal and. Yeah, because I think most people who want you in the vicinity just want you to be like a voice away, you know, <laughs> but I think when you learn somebody's love language, you're able to communicate to them that you love them in the way that they feel the love. And I think that's how you that's just kind of how you have to. That's just kind of how you have to do it. But. Man, this couch and us, I'm cool with that, too. It just depends on the day for me, I think. Because I think I'm sometimes I'm cool when we're just like on the couch chilling. Yeah, we're both good with that. Um, <clears throat> but I am more touchy, I guess, than you. Yes. Don't shake it. Yes, you are. So yeah. with the gifts, I have a, I'm not going to say issue, but I'm not a gift receiver. And I've had. What do you mean? Like you've never received good gifts? Or? I've received good gifts. I just don't like gifts. So mm. I've had. You know, relationships, people I've talked to, they have come out and give gifts. And it's like, I, I, I've told them from the front, you don't have to give me a gift. I don't want to give. And it rub, it doesn't rub me the wrong way, but I'm just not that person. You give me a gift. I love giving gifts, but when you give me something, it's like, ah, Why? I don't know. i just never been a gift person. Did you ever get gifts for like birthdays, Christmas? Yeah. And then after after a while, I just like, my mom asked me, what do you want for your birthday? What you like money? Christmas? No, I didn't ask for anything. I like for my birthday. I I take. I like it more that you remember. We are friends. and We don't talk for a minute, and you come out and say happy birthday. That means so much more to me than you going buy me a pair of shoes or you buy me a gift. That's just me. That makes me feel like you remember me to tell me. So if somebody bought you a house, you'd be like, take it back. I mean, or your dream car, take it back. So it's paying a note. Before I no, no, no! Like complete, like completely paid off. If somebody gave you something, there was like it was a house or your dream car completely paid off. I'm, I think it depends on the type of gift, because I, mean, I don't know. Were you a gift person before you met me? Mm, like, like did you? You know what I'm saying? I never really expected them. I can accept them, but I never really expect them. Um, and I'm not crazy about giving them. I mean, I will, and I'm happy to. But you give great jewelry. If that's if that's what we do. do, you know, yeah, I'm good with it. 
I think he I'm has a, other jewelry, but this I is think I'm a, I think I'm a horrible gift giver. Like I'm not great at buying gifts. I think I'm awful at that. You look great though. Yeah, I think I'm awful <laughs> at buying and giving gifts. I'm, you, I'm telling you, but jewelry, you you spot on. I really wish that it was okay and it wasn't considered thoughtless to just give money. Because for me, yeah, I would rather so you give money. Though. Like I don't, I, don't, I, I, I would rather you give me. money. I should just give you whatever my budget was for your gift. Yeah, I should just give you that money. Boom! I would love that. I definitely agree. That, I agree. To me, that's more thoughtful because I'm thinking that you are going to buy what you want and mm-hmm. need. That's going to be better than whatever I think that you want. But you've got need. some good gifts. I, I, yeah, I've done. I've done okay. I've done okay. I do that without I, you. I've done worse. More than I've done okay. Worse. Yeah, worse. like I bought I bought gifts that I'm you, talking about me. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Oh. I, I've done I've gotten gifts that I know I was like, man, this isn't really the best gift, but I gotta get something <laughs> because she's gonna get me something amazing that I'm going to appreciate and really love, and I can't accept that without having something off in return. Money. And it never, I know that it never measures up. And even when I think it measures up, she always one ups me. No, this year you did better than me, I think. Uh, I did better than you this year? Yeah, the only year that I think that we went tit for tat was like Christmas number one. Tell me when we were dating? Yeah, that was the only year that we went tit for tat. And you probably still really beat me up. I was about to say the foot massager. Still what did, I can't remember. What did you give me year one? I don't remember now either. The boots. I remember I still have those. Yeah, there's some, there some clothes. There's some things. Yeah. On says you're a better gift giver than I am. Yeah. Um, Not this one. That but one over you there. know what? This, the is, this is why. He got it for Father's Day. And you. Yeah. I love tough. it. That's yeah. And this is why we do this because this is therapeutic and we had just reached a breakthrough in our relationship. Now I know Money. that for every holiday or occasion to give the gift. Money. I just need to give some money. Money. This is going to be so much easier for me. I love money. To, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to start buying cards and making them heartfelt. Oh, oh, my gosh. That. You. Oh, my gosh. You're so much better with your words than I am. That's and you'd be like, oh, my gosh. He loves ta- me so much. It ta- you know what? It takes away, like, the whole suspense of things. Like, ooh, I wonder what he's getting me. Money. Now you know what it is. Now I just don't know your budget. Now it's just got to be like, how much money? So this means that the better off and the more successful I am, I know that there has to be more money coming yeah. away. It's okay. Oh, I can't wait because I'm be like a million. <laughs> one of these, one you of these. So excited to say I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bruh, when Chuck is able to be like, babe, here's a million dollars, you know what I'm going to do? Go buy some investment property. You already know. I think you knew that though. I know you're wise with money. Yeah, I got to be. You know, in order, look, it's all through God. And then the my parents, the fact that they used to sit me down like this, we'd be eating dinner. They're like, hey, this is what you need to do if you ever get this. This is what you need to do with, for this. This is what you need to do for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's always been helpful. I love it. So at that time when they were giving you those talks, were you thinking like, oh, I don't want to hear this? Or did you like, did you? I got my first bank got, account when I was seven. So I was saving. So were you saving like you wanting to save or were they saving for you? No, I was 
going to the bank with my dad. I was super excited to go to the bank every time we went to the bank to deposit money because I like to look and be like, ooh, I got this much. Ooh, I got this much. Ooh. Yeah, I was different as a kid. And so I would, and and um, so setting a budget was easy because I used to get $50 a week growing up. And um, for me, it was stupid easy. Like when we moved to Mississippi, I moved with $1,000. I don't know too many 12-year-olds that were able to move to, like when they moved to a different state, they got $1,000 that they saved up they saved. over There's the years. There's a lot of 12-year-olds nowadays that are just getting $1,000. Yeah. And they haven't, they're really just throwing But different away. times, it's different times. Yeah. You know what but I'm saying? Even even when I was coming up, there were kids that were getting money. They were, the parents were just giving it to them. But to have a 1000 that you saved. Yeah. That's, it hits. It really does. Hit yeah. It's very different. But so that's, Chuck knows, that's like the biggest thing for us. It was like, you know, we saving. It's like, yeah, but we could... Mm. Two spenders can't be together. You can. Y'all better be very successful when y'all get be, together. Y'all better be earning. Y'all better be the most successful. <laughs> y'all better be earning. That's it, man. Yeah. That's it. Look, man, Um, y'all barely touch the chicken wings. Y'all better tear them up. We have been touching the chicken wings. I don't touch these chicken wings. But we did enjoy the wine, right? Almost definitely. Everything on the Did you have any more questions? Hmm? Do you have any more? Not off the top of my head. I feel you like said I you wrote it in your paper. I but I remember everything. Like I went over these questions like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten okay. times. If you so, got some more, you can roll uh, them through. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, I hope we're answering please. them though. Yes, most definitely hitting it. Y'all are giving me more than I really like more than answering the question. So I'm yeah. okay, so when did you learn each other's love language? Since we were just on the subject of love language. Last month. <laughs> you did not learn my love that I liked, like what I like to do for you or what I like for myself. I mean, I think we still learn it. I think that also a lot of these things, they, they, people change, people evolve. I think there are things about people that what you learn now I think that if you ask us these questions in another five or six or maybe another 10, there might be different answers. Um, and staying in tune with your person is really key to that. So, you know, I learned it. I understand it kind of now. But I think it's all just a part of the journey and to not stress about it. Like, I don't stress about like, oh, man, I don't know this. And we've been married this long. Because I also feel like we've been married this long, but I'm also like we're going to be married a lot longer, so we have it's a lot of time, time to figure it out like and that. to not stress it out. Don't stress over things, man. The small things and don't stress over them, and that's really important in relationships and certainly marriages. I think that when we start to put a lot of emphasis on where we are at this place in time, that's not nearly as important as you know you getting it or you just understanding your person where you are at this point in time fine there's so much more time that you're expecting to live with your person so live that life spend that time spend it learning them there's a lot of joy in gaining knowledge and mm -hmm. obtaining information about the person you're with that's why you decided you wanted to do this forever i love to see her change i love to see her evolution i love to evolve and change i love her influence on my evolution and change you know, we make each other better, I think. 
think. If it works my way, it'll work your way, right? Mm-hmm. So on the I'm I'm gonna jump on the subject of kids. How did that dynamic change? Like having having children of your own and having one together. Like how is how is that how does that affect things? Is it like oh, is it a big difference, a little difference? It just takes them getting used no, to it's not so different. I think that for most parents today, most younger parents today, I think that their children are unplanned. One thing that has not really changed for me is I, I never had a child that I was like, mm, I can't wait to have another child. Not one. I love each and every one of them dearly, thoroughly, and they have changed my life for the better. I'm a better person for having them. But there is not one child that I had that I was like, I really want a baby. I really want another daughter. I really want to. <laughs> I wasn't the kind of guy that was hell bent on my legacy. Ooh, I gotta have a son to continue the family name. Never had that thought in my brain. That was never my jam. Um, I think that having kids has that changed? Do I want more kids? I'll tell you what I do want. I'll tell you what I want. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I want more kids. I'll tell you what I want. I want a happy family. I want a happy wife. And I want happy children. And I want what God wants for us. And I think that that takes it off of me. Because if you leave it up to me, if you left up to me, I would not have any kids. I'd also not have a wife. I'd also probably not be sitting here having this conversation. I would not be on the career path that I'm on if it was up to me. But would that have been what God wanted? No. If it was, then that's where I would be. You know? So it's not up to me. And so it hadn't changed. I don't want a thing. I want God to keep doing it because he's a better decider of my family. Yeah, I'm sick of you, bro. But yes, I think children have changed um, us slightly. You know, when we got married, I became a stepmother instantly. Like the day we said I do, I became a stepmother. Not for everybody. I mean, everybody ain't got other children. I don't children. know who eventually becomes a stepmom after they get married. If you become a stepmom after you get married, there is something wrong. Something very difficult happened. <laughs> Man, it was just us when we got married. There's some celebrities right now no, that are stepmothers step after they got married. No, I'm a stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sing <thinking> you. This <laughs> shit happened in my life. <laughs> I had my own child and a stepchild at the same time. Mm, I was about to say, ludicrous kids are the same age. Nick Cannon. I was about to say, yeah, he got like 20 children. Future. Oh, yeah, and Future. Don't he got like nine or ten? Him and Young Thug, right? He's on his 13th. That's ridiculous. He's on his 13th child. That's ridiculous. 13th baby mama had that. 13th baby mama. Get out of here. That should be a law. (laughs) (laughs) That should be a damn law. Where you don't get to ejaculate in women anymore. You are a habitual impregnator. I'm turning that into a thing. I'm letting you know. I'm turning that into a thing. Reckless consummation. (laughs) But kids do change you. It's a mandatory vasectomy. That's what you. Yeah, I think after you have after you have five baby mamas, I feel like there should be five. Why would you let it get this bad? Hey, just you know, give them the chance to 
Well, you have two. Well, you have a wife and then a baby. I, say mama. I mean, like past two. If you look that thirteen baby mom, not thirteen kids, thirteen baby moms. That's that's ridiculous. Women. It's ridiculous. Not even them. What if them? Not even the thirteen that you're dealing with. Like this, one of them, not one of them, are the one that you're married and happy with. That's thirteen women calling your phone asking for money child support. That's stress. and the more kids you have, the less money goes to each of them. Let's let's make the rule like this. This is my this is my proposed bill. <laughs> I would love to hear this. In accordance to insurance guidelines, right? Like when you have an insurance plan. After three kids, they don't charge you anymore for insurance, right? It could be like you and spouse. In some companies, like you and spouse, and then you and spouse plus one or plus two. But after some, most com- insurance companies now is like kids is kids. You have as many as you got, they're all covered. Right. The price doesn't go up. But after three kids, then there's an automatic out of three kids out of wedlock. You have three children without a spouse. Even if you if you had them with a spouse and then y'all divorce is a different situation. Right. But if you have three children and there was no spouse at the time of birth of those three children past three, there is a mandatory sterilization that you must go through. Right. I feel you. Male or female. And male or female period. After three plan, you are now only costing the government and all the other taxpayers. This must end now. And if you don't follow through, we are treated like it's the draft. You show up. (laughs) This is mandatory imprisonment of no less than 90 days and a fine up to $5,000. I'm sick of you. I'm so sick of you, bro. And if you happen to get another woman pregnant without going through your mandatory sterilization, now you also owe the government even more money. You know what? As a matter of fact, you cannot receive government assistance for that child. Oh, the only wow. reason that the mother can receive it is if she has under three children. Mm. Yeah. I would like to cut this out. I'm sick. We stop paying for all these babies and stop having them. Foolish. I bet their family reunion is crazy. My thing is, that, are you, you know really what? are you really you, doing that for are you look, really taking care of all those children? You can take the pro life conversation out of it. Because then I'm always like, you can't you ain't supposed to have no kids. Right. You are, like, you are illegal. illegal. You know they do that in like China? Like you can't like there's there's places that you are illegal. You're not allowed to have any more. This kids. is a conversation that is going to this is gonna be a red flag for anybody who has any political agenda. They won't hear this and they're going <laughs> to tag me. They're gonna be like this dude here. He's got something. <laughs> or they're gonna come for me. Mm-hmm. This this high reward. I don't care. I'm telling you right now, it's plan the parenthood. I wonder does he have a group chat? And like let them know like hey this is money's coming through. Does money come at the same time? I don't man? know. Like it's so many questions. The, no, I don't care. No, I don't care. Needs to get future, yeah, future they can't somebody. Oh well, you know what? That's what we should do. We should we should try to <laughs> be like, hey bro, we want to talk about this. As I need you to fact, tell me about if, your kids. If future made better music, I would be happy about supporting his children because we know that's what's going on. If he made better music, I'd be happy about supporting it. I was about to say, please don't say that because you know my cousins love future. I'm, a lot of, I'm hurt. A lot of people do love it. Oh, I don't, man. I, boy, He's he, old. He like what? he like jazz. I put it like this: as far as the auto tune conversation goes, <laughs> as far as auto tune goes, I think that it should have been designated to like three people. Who are those three people? Your <laughs> well, you may not know one of them. T Pain. No, well, he's one of them. But yeah, Roger Zap. That's oh yeah. Good. 
Roger Zapp should be allowed for auto-tune. T-Pain should be allowed for auto-tune. And Snoop should be allowed for auto-tune. What's up? Oh, you're so you stupid. I'm gonna... <laughs> wait, wait. Can we, can we like... Can we like slide Travis Scott in there? Hell I know no. He, new person. he does new not person. get any. Hell no. Have you heard Travis Scott? He's well, garbage. Yes, he's garbage. His RAA card. He should not even be allowed to publish music anymore. Yeah. yeah. I agree. But for the saying that he's not going to stop, please let me have an yeah. Hell no. He shouldn't be able to make music. If you can't make music without. Be allowed I- to make hits. <laughs> Stop all my hunches. I'm so sick of you, man. No more music. You wrap it up, Cat Daddy. We're done here. We're done here. Violation of this minimum imprisonment of 90 days. And you can't even make music while you're in jail because you know that's how rappers do. They'll still be making music in jail. And you can't make no music. You don't get no pens. You don't get no paper. And we'll take you out of jail prop and give you security. If you don't make it out, we'll protect you while you're in here. But uh, he ain't writing no records, no hits. <laughs> you finna come out of here you thinking know, you finna get another baby mama. Right now, you better come off the top, son. <laughs> no auto tune. Oh. Uh, but the the question wasn't that. The question was about kids. But for me, yes, kids have changed. Um, I tell Chuck this all the time. It's like that was never. Our, my plan was never to immediately have children as quickly as we did because we really did like the first. So we didn't find out to September, but I was pregnant two weeks. Like the when we moved, when I moved to Memphis, that week that I moved to Memphis is when I got pregnant. But we didn't know until yeah, September. It might have been a week after, but yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. So for us, quick kids having quickly, so we didn't really get to, we had nine months of enjoying each other's company before we were invaded by another human being. Yeah, it wasn't that long because after a certain while, you were like, I'm pregnant. It's almost like the baby's already here. They're already changing my life. Yeah, so for us, it was like we didn't... We have to plan date nights now. Like, before, we would just be... Chuck could come home and be like, hey. Or he could shoot me a text message and be like, meet me X, X, Y, and Z. You know, and then and I could do that, yeah. you know, because I think there was a couple of times where I met you after work at like whatever bar. Man, those were good times. Right. They were brief, but they were good. Man, that last time, though. I was wondering why you got so drunk so fast. Yes. When we was at that little that that little bar that we had yeah, gone to. Yeah. Had I was drunk really fast and I threw up in the bathroom. I was like, mm. what's with me? I was like, what's going on here? And it wasn't until <laughs> it wasn't until later I was like, oh, that's why I got drunk. And I had kept getting drunk fast, and I was like, something is going on. I don't know what's. I was like, what do they put in these drinks in Memphis? <laughs> yeah, because like, remember the last time I was in Memphis everybody? before we got married, I was drunk. <laughs> everybody has the highest tolerance. Why are they full four ounces per cocktail? <laughs> Yeah, so children have changed. Um, so date nights are sometimes at home. Like, I won't say this is considered date night, but because he's off, we do have the time to spend together, which we don't usually have when he's working. So, because I think, when's your next off day, friend? <laughs> oh, please don't laugh like that. I don't like that. Yeah, it's, a, it's far behind. I think we got a little while. Oh, okay. Well, I had to wait for Sunday, so Sunday and Monday. 
Because he was off last Monday and then his next off day was yesterday. So, you know. <laughs> My next off day? Yeah. Next Sunday? No. In February? No. Oh, okay. It's tomorrow. Oh, for real? For real? You got three days off in a row? Look at God. Come on, babe. That's not. Yeah, that's good. Oh yay! I get to be in your presence one more day. You probably gonna be like, get away. <laughs> I actually got a meeting at like six thirty. <laughs> You're so silly. Do you have a meeting? Oh, okay. No, no. But kids change, and it just depends on how you adjust to that. And sometimes you have to get out of the mundane of being a parent and be like, this is also my spouse. I'm still supposed to be dating. So setting out time to do that is very important. Like next, was it next? When's your uh, event? Next Sunday? Yes, next Sunday. Next Sunday is his event. So usually if he ever has a wine event, that's what we call our date nights. So next Sunday at Bravo Italian Restaurant in Jackson, Mississippi, there will be a barrel select whiskey tasting uh, featuring single barrel selections from Briarwood Wine and Spirits (laughs) and owner Nathaniel McHardy and certified specialist of spirits Jimmy Quinn We'll be there discussing these barrel selections, why they chose them, and we'll be able to taste through them with some delightful snacks. Uh, I will be co-hosting, and this is at Bravo Italian Restaurant in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, the event is sold out, but what I would like for you all to do is to follow us on Instagram. Because I'm definitely going to. Don't quit and follow us on Instagram at Bearded Wino and at Bravo Buzz on Instagram to get the highlights, the features, find some... um, Shots of the bottles, and you can pick up all of those bottles at Briarwood Wine and Spirits on Old Kent Road in Jackson, Mississippi. In that is January thirtieth. Uh, I'll be co-hosting. I am Chuck Nix, aka the Bearded Wine. <laughs> oh my god, he tried to throw it. Huh? Carry on. You're so silly, bro. Someone has to hire him for advertising. No, I definitely buy him. Oh my gosh, he's I, so I, funny. I, Yes, but those are what we consider our date nights. Or if like a friend has an event or something like that, we'll go to those. Or even if he has like uh, sometimes even your group tastings with the people that's in his wine group, that they're all usually taking tests around the same time because they study together. Their study sessions sometimes become date night because he'll be like, come with me, <laughs> you know? Well, and those the only times up. I get to get cute, you yeah, know? I tell you the for... up after we get through all the geeky shit. Like we do all the talking about wine and Yada yada yada. And I'm here like, to drink. And then I'm like, all right, y'all, we done blind tasting. Cool. And then by that time, you text like, how much longer? I'm like, come on now, and drink some of this delightful fermented grape juice. Of course, as we should, as we will. So, kids, kids will change, but you just have to make the the right adjustments. When kids come, you have to schedule and plan date nights as if you were dating long distance. Because not saying that you won't see each other and things like that, but things change. Things do change. I feel like there's only one thing that hasn't like changed with, with us. <laughs> is, she, is she letting us know? No. There's one thing that hasn't changed uh, since we've been uh, together, though. What's that? Hmm? What's that? I feel like you know. 
I don't know, but I just saw this update which is jacked up, which is who worth mentioning. But tell me what what's one thing that hasn't changed? Uh sex. I think it's gotten better. So that means it's changed. It hasn't remained the same. No, no, no. I'm saying like I agree that it has gone better. Women who huh? The frequency is what you mean? No, the frequency has changed. I mean, we have a child. So the frequency has certainly changed. It has. Yeah, the frequency has changed because sometimes it used to be like five, six times a day. We wake up, go to the gym, then go to work. And leave work. There was a lot. There was a lot. Then, yeah. Um, but I'll say that, you know, the, yeah. The deeper you feel for somebody, which comes with time, uh, there's a. It don't always feeling. happen that way for everybody, though. It doesn't always happen that way for everybody. I'm speaking for us. The deeper you feel for somebody, for deeper we felt for each other, um, the more we have trusted one one another. And that's a thing that I think is really important that when we talk about trust and relationship, it's beyond just, can I trust you to not cheat on me? Yeah, because if I can trust you to not cheat on me that, and if I can trust you to not be like talking to nobody else, you you do a lot of things. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of emphasis on that because that's the one thing that people say, oh my gosh, I couldn't handle it if this. But trust is beyond just infidelity. Trust is trust you with my emotional well-being trust you to be a provider or a homemaker, right? Can I trust you to um, to to share the same faith and the same ambitions and goals and support me? Can I trust you with the security of my children, right? Both ways. Can I trust you with these things? Can I trust you with my friends? Are you going to be trusted to be friendly with my friends? So there's a happy, cohesive unit here. Are you gonna? Can I trust you to say that? Hey, this friend isn't good for you, right? Trust goes many, many different ways, and it's beyond just are you gonna stay faithful, you know, and not be a cheater. Um, can I trust you with money? <laughs> oh, that's a big one because you know I mean? money is money. I think is the number one reason why people. It's, it's can I trust you with so many things? Get now, 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 how does this tie to sex? You say, okay, cool. If for women, and I've heard this, and I could, I don't know this. I've heard this over and over again, but men is a good guideline. For for women, intimacy begins outside of the bedroom before you get to the bed. Mm -hmm. Are you trustworthy before we get to the bed? For men, intimacy begins when the blood starts rushing. It's just what it is a lot of times for us, right? But for women, it happens before they even get physically turned on. As a matter of fact, sometimes they need that level of intimacy that's not sexual before they get turned on. Mm. So Yeah, because some women are sapiosexuals. So if I can be trusted, you know, with many of these other factors, then I have, you know, figured out how to use the key to her intimacy, to her being turned on by me. So intimacy for women, men, pay attention. Before you even get to panty dropping, you gotta drop some knowledge or you gotta, you know, drop down her inhibitions in her guard. That has to happen first. Right. And then, you know, she's all yours. If you ask me, my experience with Michelle, she's all yours. Drop the inhibitions. That's how it happens. 
So different women, different situations. This is not a catch-all general statement. They're definitely saying. not because every woman is different. Every man is different. If you start with that trust outside of the bedroom, then you can probably find a way to have your way inside the bedroom. Just my thoughts as far as intimacy goes. Because you know. intimacy is not just, you know, you know, being in the vicinity. It's also that as well. That's why I made mention of it because it's intimacy is kind of like multifaceted. But I feel like nowadays people, when they hear in, intimacy, they automatically think sex and they yeah. don't think about um, intimacy and conversation because some people can get turned on by talking about sex or and and that's the thing, too. Like some people. I think more people need to get comfortable with having the conversation about sex. Like, hey, you did this great. You didn't do this the way I thought you, or you could have done this longer. Da, 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 da. Those types of conversations can lead to better. Yeah. So when I say, when we say communication, we're not just talking about communication like, oh, bills need to get paid on this date. Da, 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 da. Like, we're going to see each other tomorrow. Then we're going to see each other two weeks from now. Like, it's, communication in every aspect and you need to be comfortable enough to talk to them about everything. Hey, uh, you didn't do that thing you did last time. Is there a problem? You know what I'm saying? Like those types of conversations also need to happen as well in order for it to be, you know, so you, you, you should have like communication is just all the way, all the way to include sex, you know, so how do y'all did y'all's communication about it did it just come about like after the first time y'all felt comfortable talking about it did it take time okay i'm comfortable with this person i can let them know they did i feel like we talked about it after the first time talked about what? sex after the first time we had it no we did not we did not i know we didn't well we did not. Also, our situation was slightly different. We did not talk about it. Our situation was slightly different, you know. Mm-hmm. You were you were heading somewhere. I think when was our first conversation about sex life or intimacy? When was our first conversation? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember when we had that first talk. I don't remember when. Um, We've had we've had many at this point, yeah. But I couldn't tell you when that happened, and when it did happen, I think that we just knew that it needed to be had, and we just had it. But I don't recall was saying, "Hey, you know, we need to talk about this." I can't think of that time. Um, uh, maybe it's probably when I got more comfortable talking about it. I think watching all these people that I watch like on social media and stuff like that, I'd be like, Oh, she said this, she said, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then having those kind of conversations sometimes social media is good for something, you know? Uh, so sometimes having those conversations of, Oh, you never think to ask a man. Women think to be like, why hasn't he asked me if blah, 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 blah. But women don't ever think to ask a man. Because men can fake it just like women can. You know what I'm saying? And according to the men that I know, they have. I 
I don't see how people fake it. Through. Like me personally, if I'm not having a good time, I'm gonna let you know. Yeah. Um, and then I've heard that there are some men that'll straight up stop it, and I'd be like, Look, if you it, hold on, no, no, let's be clear. Let's be clear here, though. Hold on. If you actually like the girl, if you like the girl, it's gonna be really hard to just break her like that. Oh, okay, okay. Hear me out. I'll let her know. Like, okay, for me personally, I don't think about sex when I see a person the first time. It grows, or sure, sure. But yeah, because you're a lover. Can't help it. Yeah, but for me, it's like be a lover, bro. Ain't no wrong with it, but everybody need a Rico somewhere in their life. (laughs) You're stupid. But like, I like it's been times really like girl and. Sex wasn't all that great. Yeah, it's not like, oh, that's a deal breaker, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, my, the frequency's not going to be there, but, you know, I still got love for you, girl. Well, you think to- about that not being a deal breaker, especially if you're talking about long time. Yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. I think about that. I mean, I don't, I, I guess I think of the possibility of, like, you know, sex is not always going to be there. It's a, po- like, of course it's a possibility that it's going to be there, because hey. I look to be 50 is to be strong. Hey. hey. So he said, it ain't gonna always be there. What ain't gonna always be there? I mean, Six. I look at that possibility, but I'm looking at 50 years old. You know, I'm yeah, 50. 50. 50 what? 50s. I'm listening. Bad knees. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. I mean, I'm just naming general numbers. Lies. People having sex once in the 80s. I, I agree. I'm just saying, I'm saying a general number. You do know but, that they have pills for when you can't do it yourself. I feel like. I'm not gonna need one because well we'll see when you we'll see that conversation at 75. <laughs> it, knock on all the wood you want to, man. Listen, That's exactly listen. what you're gonna be doing. <laughs> Knocking on wood with the lack thereof. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. It's like give me that Bluetooth. <laughs> Don't get you some. So where'd I put that Cialis? Wanna make love to your latex for a long time. That's all I think about. Then is Cialis, is Cialis the other drug? Cialis? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the Cialis or whatever Cialis? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, you know, you get a hold of it. The physical things are the first to go. So. <laughs> If you, you know, if you can't, man, I'm just, look, bro. that's why I'm prepping my body now. So Good. when them times come, I, you know what? You are going to be one of those anomalies, bro. I have faith in you and believe you are going to be that guy. <laughs> You're going to be the guy that says, look at me. You're going to be the dude on the infomercial. <laughs> What's that commercial? It's like a, it's a football player. It's like. Dudes, uh, I can't think of the commercial, but he's I like, I'm 60, I feel fine. Yeah. He does like a jump, yeah. I can't remember that dude's name, okay. black dude. I can't remember. His name. I know who you're talking about. Like, who do you play for, though? You play when you play for the Steelers or I'm I'm football, basketball, and soccer. Soccer, soccer is fun. Soccer is definitely. I feel like I play soccer before I play basketball. Like if I didn't play basketball, I play soccer. I try to watch soccer just like I try to watch hockey. I just can't mm-hmm. dig it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dig it. I man, I watch. I ain't gonna say I watch the highlights. I just look at the scores. Let me I find out who I like. You know, I like them. I like them a little bit. Why y'all keep getting off topic? 
Who was having the topic or conversation? No, because that's different. Then we how you go from soccer to from intimacy and sex to talk to soccer? Because we men. Sex to sports. What else you want? I don't know. In a minute we'll be talking about sandwiches. There's food on the table. Yes, but turkey sandwiches are amazing. It's not wrong. No, sandwiches are sandwiches are what? You finna get booted out the at the whole cast. Lies. I delete. Delete. Oh. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> delete. This following podcast has been deleted. Sandwich emoji. Not a sandwich emoji. I'm sick of you. Sandwich emoji, wine glass emoji. Thumbs down to a basketball. <laughs> Cantrell is a ba- Cantrell's last name is Banks, so you get one of them little the little houses that have the little bank sign on it <laughs> in the emojis <laughs> with the with the with the little X thing. I know it. <laughs> yeah, this has been good, man. I'm glad you came by, man. Thank y'all for having me. Thank oh yeah, hundred percent. This is luxury, you know. Food, wine, and talks. Good. Yeah, yeah the food. Good. Look, is this is just fun. hospitality at its finest, man. Yeah, we're hospitality this, people this is at what heart. We do. This is what we do, man. We're happy to hear um, your perspective on things. We're happy to see what you're doing. And, man, best luck to you in the future. I know you're going to kill them in Indiana. I know you're going to kill them. And if um, you don't, I'll be there to. I feel like I'm gonna have a bad game next time. I'm getting a DM saying, "Hey, bro, you had." I saw you, bro. Hey, let me ask you this, man. Where can people watch the games? I know they're gonna be locally broadcasted. Maybe where can people find out how to see you play, and what's what? TBL TV. You can uh, search the the basketballleague.net. They have uh, where you can buy. You can either look at team packages, single games, uh, league packages. Uh, they got merchandise. They got everything on there. It's it's real put together. So if y'all want to catch a game, just type in, uh, type in the basketballleague.net when it shows the packages. Type in Lebanon leprechauns. There you go. And you definitely have me. You want to buy merch? They have they have my jersey and stuff that come out. Can't tell y'all the number yet. I'm still deciding that. Right on. But you know everything's there. That's it, man. What yeah, I'm waiting on the number. Now you're a guard. You you shooting guard. You point guard. I am a shooting guard, but he's giving me point guard duty. So we're right. going to see how that goes. Right on. So. He's running the court, y'all. Basically, he's running the court. So y'all see me shooting from half court, just know I'm having a good time. Bingo. It's bro. going in. It's going in. That's what it 